Hello and welcome to the MLM.com podcast brought to you by InfoTrack Systems. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and today we're joined by Zingular's CEO, Russ Fletcher. Uh, Russ and I have gone back a long time. Uh, I've learned a lot from Russ as, as we've worked around each other in different capacities, and, and I'm excited to have him on the show today. Uh, how are you doing, Russ? We're doing really well. Thanks for having me, Kenny. Uh, thanks for making the time for us. Uh, so, Russ, one of the things that uh, recently through the through the grapevine we've heard about is uh, last last year when there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico that you guys uh, did some really awesome philanthropic work, uh, both going and, and visiting there and some help with your distributors, uh, and it got us here at MLM.com kind of talking about. Uh, the different ways that that MLMs give back, and the the different ways that they uh, approach philanthropic efforts, and so I wanted to wanted to talk to you a little bit, and and I wanted to get a little bit of background and some insight from you on on kind of how you guys at Zingular uh, approach philo- philanthropy and and giving back. Okay. Well, I, again, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Um, you know, we have some strong feelings about uh, what it means to be philanthropic. And, and here at Zingular, you know, if you take a step back and you look at the grand spectrum of, of what network marketing companies do, um, many of them uh, have charitable uh, arms that they spend a lot of time with, and, and some of them, that's their whole reason for being, and we, we applaud that. Um, but there are some where it feels a little shallow, where they have a philanthropic organization or a charitable organization that they contribute money to, but it isn't part of their DNA. And so when we started to talk about, you know, the way we wanted to do it here at, at Zingular, we wanted it to be part of our DNA that we believe first and foremost that the company exists as a philanthropic organization. Now, having said that, we're, we're not a non, non-profit, right? We're, we're a for-profit business, but we believe in our mission of helping improve people's lives and, and, and financial situation through independent businesses. So much so that we try to throw everything we, we can into that. And we think that that by itself is a is a, a form of philanthropy. So we have to start with that. Uh, you know, we, we believe in the mission of changing people's lives for the better. Uh, and it actually was a, a kind of an aha moment when we came to it a couple of years ago, when we realized that we don't actually change anybody's life. All we can do is empower them to change their own lives. And so we, we believe very strongly in that. Having said that as a backdrop, right? So that's sort of a, uh, the background, if you will. Um, I get frustrated with what I call big checks from stage, uh, where an organization out of the, uh, the abundance of their profits donates money to, a, to another organization, and their connection to that organization is tenuous at best. I'm sure the money is well-received, and I'm sure it's well-intentioned, and I'm not trying to make light of that. But it just doesn't feel like it's, it's as sincere as we want it to be. Um, so when we set out to, 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 to do more philanthropic things, our first thought was we wanted to serve and help in the communities where our distributors and our, and our uh, Zingular members live. Um, and so beginning 
you know, a number of years ago, I came on board in 2014 as the CEO here. And, and starting right off in 2015, uh, there were some floods in West Virginia. And we have a number of, of strong leaders in the West Virginia area. And so we decided we would donate to a specific organization in the community where our people live to help the actual relief efforts, as opposed to just a you know, check to the Red Cross or or to some other general relief fund, we actually flew out, uh, sent a, an executive representative from the company uh, to see the damage and see the, the, the concern for, for himself and to make a monetary donation to an organization in the city of, of Logan, West Virginia, that we knew would actually go directly to solving the problem where our members live. And that's kind of been the model that we followed um, ever since. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, and, and I, <clears throat> I think it's very interesting. Uh, kind of the the higher or one of the points I take from that is that giving kind of has to fit your culture, right? So, so you guys have said, you know, what makes sense for us culturally, uh, and then applied it. And the other thing that I think is powerful uh, about <clears throat> about what you're saying is that it is so direct, right? Uh, which is interesting in this industry because y- you naturally have a relationship uh, with your distributor base and your customer base, um, and and it's a relationship that I think a lot of people outside of this industry don't don't fully appreciate. Uh, but I think it's powerful that you guys have let that relationship inform uh, how you give back to the community. Yeah, I mean. So many many network marketing companies, when they start, um, they have very personal relationships with their field leaders because it's small, right? Company is small. And as we've grown uh, over 100 million last year, um, one of the things we made sure or or stressing very um, intentionally is we want to make sure that that connection to our field leaders and not just the leaders, but, but to the sort of rank and file, if you will, of the people who are just part of our company, that that personal connection never gets lost. Now, there's only so far you can go, right? You, you know, you have so many pizza, so much time in the day and so much ability to connect to people. And so we, we make it a point of saying we, are, we, we call ourselves member-centric, which means everything we think about and do, we're trying to do to foster that communication with the members uh, and, and make sure that they understand that it's not just a number on a spreadsheet or uh, a name on a, on a recognition web page or something like that. They're, we, they're real people with real challenges and real lives that we're trying to affect for the better. And so all of that together encompasses our philosophy, if you will, around philanthropic uh, activities. Yeah, and that I also find interesting because, you know, one of the benefits, quote unquote, of, of having an organization that, you're, that you support or that, that by default you, that that's your organization is it takes a little bit of uh, the work out of it, right? Whereas um, what you're talking about is really powerful to me in the sense that it, it seems that it would be kind of ongoing. You guys are constantly assessing the needs, you know, throughout the world and, and especially where your distributors are. 
Um, and I guess that kind of leads me to to the hurricane last year. I believe it was Maria. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious how you guys made decisions to respond to that and, and, and just kind of how that continually assessing the situation uh, uh, plays into what you're talking about. Uh, well, the, the interesting thing is, so the hurricane season last year was particularly devastating. Um, if you remember, we had Hurricane Harvey uh, that hit Houston just a couple of weeks before Hurricane Maria. And we also had Hurricane Irma, which hit in the Caribbean also just a few weeks before Hurricane Maria. So it was it was a rough hurricane season. And uh, when uh, Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, um, our some of our owners and a number of our key distributors live in, in and around the Houston area. And our initial reaction was, what can we do for them? Because you never know what else is going to come along, right? Uh, and so we reached out to them and they were all doing well. And the ability for emergency response to Houston was great. And they had, you know, relief people on the ground within hours and they were, they, they could get to high ground and they, you know, the, the devastation in Houston was real and, and significant, but so was the ability to respond. And so while we, we were concerned about what happened in, in Hurricane Harvey in Houston, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico and hit the island dead on, um, we have a large group in Puerto Rico that, that are uh, members of our Zingator family. And we were really taken aback by how, much, how bad the devastation was and how little support they were going to get. Um, because they're an island and because you can't just, you know, drive trucks in from Mississippi to help clean up the damage, everything has to come by boat and plane. And, you know, the infrastructure in Puerto Rico isn't as strong as, as, as it is in, in Houston. So we immediately began thinking, uh, how do we help our people uh, in our Zingular family in, in Puerto Rico? And uh, communication was bad. It was hard to get information out there. And so we said, well, the first thing we can do is we can open it up to our Zingular family. So we had an event uh, in uh, the, the few short weeks after Maria hit, and we had one of our annual conventions uh, in, in October. Uh, I believe the hurricane hit the, the latter part of September. In the first week or so of October, we had this event. And so we said from stage to our, our member community there the, attending our convention. We laid out the problem. We showed pictures of the island. Uh, we showed uh, uh, messages we were able to, to get out from our, our members and distributors there that they were out without power, without water, uh, without gasoline, even if they had a generator, many of them were, out to, were without generators. And we said, look, we're going to match dollar for dollar Everything that you donate here uh, at this convention, we set up a, a, a skew in our in our back office so you can donate that way if you'd rather. We set up a Venmo account so you can donate that way if you'd rather, and and we will match it dollar for dollar, and 100% of that money will go into the hands of our singular family members in Puerto Rico. Well, the response was very heartwarming, you know, 
part of our recognition program is people earn a certain amount of cash that we give them. They get to walk across the stage for hitting a certain rank and we literally hand them cash in their hands. And several of the people, we would hand the cash and as they walked off the stage, they would turn around and hand it right back to us and say, this should go to Puerto Rico. And you know, the, the feeling that we get from that, you, you can't pay for that. You can't buy it. it. It's not fake. It's because they understand that this is a, this, our mission about empowering people to change their own lives is real. And they, they mostly, they didn't know these people from Puerto Rico, right? This is just, they know they're part of the Zingator family and they trusted us that we would make sure they got the money. And so we raised, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at that event. I'm, I'm reluctant to give the exact amount. Well, that, it's just amazing that that, that kind of response. And, and yeah, the trust that it requires from from the field. Uh, but, I, but I'm also wondering, I want to hear a little bit how you think it, it changes uh, the dynamic of your field when they see uh, the company that, that they're associating with and that they... Uh, are, are a part of um, being proactive in that way and being generous in that way. Uh, how do you think it, it changes the, the dynamic amongst the field and between uh, the corporate office and the field? Well, so it's interesting because there, there are two things at play. Uh, I think that they, they appreciate the sense of community that we're trying to foster where people from across different uh, um, uh, walks of life in different areas of the world understand the heart of what we're trying to do. And that's why you get people walking up the stage and turning around and giving their money back. Um, because they understand that the, the overall goal here is not just to make money. The overall goal is to empower people to live the life they were meant to live. And when they were seeing the devastation and understanding that their Zingator family wasn't there, uh, because they couldn't get out of Puerto Rico. They couldn't come to the event because they were literally trapped on this island. You know, they understand that, that they needed to help. Um, the trust factor is another interesting one. You know, we've all read the stories about 90% uh, uh, of, of charitable donations go to running the charitable organization. Only 10% of the dollars make it into the hands of, of the people who need it. And while that's uh, an anomaly and not the, you know, the exception, and not the rule. It does happen and people have become cynical about donating to, uh, to, to charities and things like that when they're saying, well, you know, they're never going to get the money. And one of the things we made sure is that we were, we were accountable to the dollars. And so within short order, uh, uh, two of us from the corporate office, and I say us because I went, we flew to Puerto Rico. I speak Spanish, and so we were able to fly to Puerto Rico. As soon as we knew we could fly back out, flights in were easy, flights out were hard, right? And as soon as we knew we could, we could fly back out, we flew to Puerto Rico with cash in hand, as well as supplies, uh, you know, water purification tablets, uh, gas cans uh, uh, for, for waiting in line or gasoline, you know, pumps and purification ways to purify water. We, we flew down there and we met with as many people in person and assessed their situation and said, look, your roof is gone. You need more money. And we, we literally handed them cash in their hand 
And then we, we reported back to our field that this is what we've done. We, of course, took pictures and things like that, but it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about the publicity. It was about the accountability to say, look, you donated this money and here's who got it. Uh, and in fact, because of the, of the kind of community that we're trying to build, a few of the people that we went to visit would say, said to us, look, I know I'm without electricity and without water, but I have a way to get it. Take the money you were going to give to me and give it to somebody else. Even on the island of Puerto Rico, they were willing to share with each other because they recognize what we're trying to accomplish. Well, and that's amazing. And that's one of the things that I, I think is really powerful about what you guys do is that it uh, it it encourages people to to be involved and to be invested in it, right? Especially when you're talking about matching donations and um, and and then reporting back to people, and you know, going directly and 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 making sure that the funds get into the right people's hands. Uh, I I can see how that would have. Uh, a powerful effect in uh, spreading the the atmosphere of generosity, right? And even to the point uh, that you just made about people saying, "No, no, I I'm okay. Go help this person who's who's even worse off than I am." Well, I'll tell you a story that's not corporate related that indicates how this trickles into our field. Um, because of this culture that we have, uh, we're all in this to try to help each other live better lives. Um, there was a woman in, in our in our field who who uh, was a, a fitness model and a CrossFit uh, athlete uh, before she ever was part of our, our Zingular uh, family. And she was in a terrible car accident and was paralyzed from the waist down and kind of became despondent and put on a bunch of weight. You know, our, our products are way less uh, focused. And so... Sometime after this, she came across the Zingular opportunity and used our products to lose a bunch of weight. And um, she had she had competed in these uh, Spartan um, uh, sort of obstacle course races. Are you familiar with those? Yep. Yeah. So she had before her accident, she had done those. And when she started after she lost the weight with us, she started back into um, going back to the gym and working out. Well her former Spartan team said, we want you to do another race. And so she actually went and together with her, her, her Spartan buddies, not, not associated with singular. They basically, she, everything she could do with her upper body, she did, but if she needed to do something with her lower body, they carried her. Well, um, we, we kind of made a big deal about how exciting that is and shared her, her video of that experience on our uh, official corporate Facebook. Well, a distributor that, that lives in Canada, this woman lives in, in the South. I think, I think she's from South Carolina. Two of our distributors in Canada saw this video and reached out to her and said, what do you need for your medical health? And she said, well, you know, there's this experimental electric nerve, nerve stimulation, which would give me the, the ability to walk again, albeit with a, a walker and with, with some, um, you know, the artificial nerve stimulation, but I can't afford it. And they paid it for her. They'd never met her. 
All they knew was that she was part of the Zingeter family and she had a need. And the first time they met her, she was walking with the help of those devices at our event. So, wow. you know, we didn't do that. That's not a corporate thing. Um, it, we didn't even know about it until after it had already happened. But it's it's the idea that the the company culture is helping to bring these kinds of people together that, that makes me just excited for what we do. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the type of story that just gives you goosebumps. And, and it is, uh, you know, a lot of critics outside of the industry uh, find ways to pick on it. And certainly there, there have been companies that, um, that you can, can point to that uh, they haven't been the most above board, but those are the types of stories and the, the community that, that this industry can really foster, right? Where um, people feel a sense of togetherness and a, a sense of um, belonging and wanting to help one another uh, that, I, that I think is, is truly, truly incredible. Um, and, you know, we're running short on time here, but there is one last story I want to have you share, and that's uh, go ahead and, if you wouldn't mind, um, I'd love to have you tell our listeners uh, about your experience after or on your leadership retreat um, and the, the service project that was kind of informally organized there. Oh, yeah. I almost almost forgot about that. So we do these, these reward trips. We have a very robust travel program that, that our distributors can earn by doing certain uh, uh, things in, in their organization. And so we had a trip last January to the Dominican Republic. Uh, and as part of the trip, we, we just almost uh, on a whim, we reached out to uh, a local organization here in Utah uh, where we're located that, that helps um, place girls from uh, that they've rescued from sex trafficking into orphanages. Uh, the company is called uh, uh, Operation Underground Railroad, and they do great work. We, we'd heard about them here locally, and we said, hey, we're going to the Dominican Republic. Is there uh, an orphanage that you can vouch for that, that you know, that you, where you place some of these girls that we could help? Could we bring supplies or, you know, something like that? We're, we're coming down with a, a group of 100-plus people, and, and we'd sure love to, to help out. And they, they immediately responded and said, sure, here's this organization. You know, here's the director's name. So we reached out to them and said, well, we're coming down. We'd love to bring some supplies. So the first step was we just reached out to to our, our people who had earned this trip. Now, this is a vacation, right? They, all expenses paid for a week at a resort in Punta Cana, which is one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. This is them taking their vacation time and saying to us, yeah, we'll, we'll bring stuff. Well, so in the, the process of gathering lists of stuff they might need. Um, one of our distributors said, well, can we go visit? Can we visit the orphanage? And that evolved into, well, can we help out in ways that are more tangible than, than just bringing supplies? So we went back to the orphanage and said, what do you need in terms of like a service project? What could we do? And we took... Uh, I can't remember how big the group was, but, but several dozen people away from the resort town of Punta Cana uh, and went to this, this very small orphanage 
um, that had been given some buildings that just needed painting. And we bought paint at our expense. And these people took time from their vacation to just go and paint um, walls and classrooms and, and dormitory rooms at this orphanage. Well, okay, we're there on site now, we're painting. And um, one of the girls was there, you know, sort of amazed that these people would come from the resort, because they all know the resorts, right? And so they're like, you came from the resorts to come here and paint? And this woman said, yeah. And they, they struck up a conversation and they were saying, if you could have one thing that you wanted that I could send you from the United States in the mail, what would you want? And I, it, they meant it sincerely, right? They were, they were thinking they would help out. And this girl very humbly said, I'd like a pair of shoes. All I get to wear around here are flip-flops and, and I would like a pair of shoes and it would be great. You know, I'm a size whatever. And, you know, if you could send me a pair of shoes, that would just make my day. She didn't ask for, you know, an iPhone or, or, or a Nintendo or any of the sort of material things. She just was humbly saying, I'm tired of wearing flip-flops if I could have a pair of shoes. Well, the woman said, what size are you? And, and she told her, and they were the same size. And so this woman took off her shoes and gave them to her, and she said, I can go home barefoot. These fit you, why don't you give them? And pretty soon, the whole room was turning to the girls that they were, they were trying to serve, and they said, what size are you? And I get a little emotional when I talk about this because – you know, these aren't necessarily millionaires. Yes, they'd earned a, a trip to, to, to the Dominican Republic, but these are people of sort of normal, regular lives, just getting literally the shoes off their feet and going home happy as they possibly could be. And we, we took a picture of the girls in their new shoes and these, these other women barefoot, all of them beaming ear to ear at this just incredible moment. Again, if I'd gone to them and said, could you pay for a pair of shoes, they would, have, they would have done it gladly, but that's not the point. The point is to have these opportunities where a giving heart and a person in need can be connected, and it just it made the whole trip just that much more powerful. Yeah, and that, uh, just hearing that is, I mean, just it's a heartwarming story, and, and, and I think it's incredible uh, both, in in the actual experience and also in the representation of of the culture uh, that you guys are working to foster over there uh, and and Russ I, I genuinely appreciate you taking some time out of your morning uh, to to come on in and talk about this because I, I think it is important for everyone uh, whether it's in the corporations that they they run and manage or are part of or, or even in their individual lives. Uh, I think the thing that I really appreciate about Zingular and and your guys' way about going about this is, is the creativity, is the willingness to say, hey, what can I do in in my sphere of influence and in the situation that I'm in? Um, and and it, it's powerful. It's powerful to see. So, so I appreciate your time this morning. Well, you're welcome, and thanks for letting me talk about it. And I'm, I'm clearly passionate about it. And that does it for today's episode of the MLM.com podcast, brought to you by InfoTrack Systems. 
The topic of giving back and how corporations can be involved in the community is an important topic, and I want to thank Russ for coming on and giving his experience and expertise on this subject. Lastly, I want to thank Jana Bangeter, who puts in countless hours behind the scenes to make sure this podcast is a success. Without her, we wouldn't have a podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and I hope you'll join us again next time.